Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marichu. Today, we are going to talk about depression. And don't worry, it's not going to be all doom and gloom just because we're talking about depression. We're going to get some really useful information like risk factors and when to seek care. So stick around for another great chat. When I think about depression, I often remember my brother, Christopher. Thankfully, he was not depressed. But when he was first diagnosed with ALS, I was so afraid that Christopher would slip into a depression that I vowed to make sure that I would do everything to keep him happy. I know this may sound a tad oversimplified, but don't you think that me being around often and focusing on the positive and keeping his mind active and helping him look forward to things all helped to ensure he did not become depressed? Yes, Sherry, it all makes sense. Mindset and positive environment are very important. And there are also a number of things we can all do for ourselves and our loved ones to help us not fall into a depression. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. What is depression, Christiana? Depression is not just a state of temporary sadness or changes in mood. The World Health Organization deems it as one of the most disabling disorders in the world. Clinical depression is a very serious medical condition that causes changes in brain chemistry and affects mental, emotional, physical, and behavioral well-being of an individual and could ultimately lead to death. One of the most disabling disorders in the world and ultimately leading to death. That is ominous. So... When someone has a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest in doing things they once enjoyed and have trouble falling asleep, feel sad or hopeless, and have difficulties doing day-to-day activities, do all these things mean that someone is depressed? Yes, those are certainly some of the symptoms of depression. However, you need a proper assessment and a diagnosis from a doctor. There are several physical symptoms often associated with depression, and here are five of the most common ones. Migraine, digestive problems, chest pain, back pain, and joint pain. We need to remember that depression is a very serious mental illness, which impacts the way an individual feels, thinks, and acts. It causes both the sufferer and their family a lot of emotional pain. So let's talk about the types of depression then, because there's more than just one type of depression, right, Christiana? Right. I believe there are about nine types of depression, but I'm only going to speak on about six of them. The first one is major depressive disorder, MDD. This is commonly known as clinical depression and causes persistent feelings of sadness and emptiness. 
loss of interest in activities the individual once enjoyed, such as work, school, friends, and even food. And there's also a feeling that life is not worth living. The second type of depression is bipolar disorder. This is a disorder that causes episodes of extreme mood swings that could vary from depressive lows to manic highs. It used to be called manic depression. The third type of depression is situational depression. This type of depression develops after a traumatic or stressful event, such as COVID-19. This is also referred to as an adjustment disorder or reactive depression and usually goes away after a short amount of time. The fourth type is seasonal affective disorder, SAD. This is a type of depression that happens at about the same time every year, usually in the fall or winter, and ends in the spring or summer. It's commonly known as winter blues. Then there's peripartum or postpartum depression. This type of depression affects women throughout pregnancy until after the baby is born. It's not the same as baby blues, which is mild and much more common. This is a very serious situation and must be treated as such. Families and friends, pregnant women and new mothers all need to pay very close attention to the emotional well-being of these women throughout this time period I mentioned above. As this type of depression often goes unnoticed, but can be very deadly. It could result in mothers killing their babies or even themselves. I remember when I first started working in mental health, one of the patients at the hospital had killed her four children as a result of postpartum depression. How sad is that? Lastly, there's premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD. This is a condition that causes irritability, depression, or anxiety about one or two weeks before a woman starts her period. These symptoms often disappear after about two or three days after the menstruation begins. Wow. I had no idea about some of these types of depression, Christiana. It's pretty heavy. And we told our listeners at the beginning that we were going to focus on prevention and things that we can do to keep us from slipping into depression. Yes, Sherry, we will. But first, let's cycle back to signs and symptoms that an individual may be depressed because depression affects people in different ways. You do not have to look downtrodden and crying all the time for you to be depressed. Some people with depression have several symptoms, while others have only a few. Some of these symptoms include persistent feelings of sadness or emptiness, feeling irritable, anxious, frustrated or angry, feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, guilt, fatigue, and decreased energy. There may be changes in appetite and eating habits, 
So the individual is either eating too much or too little. There's inability to concentrate, remember details, or make decisions. Sleep disturbances, loss of interest in activities such as, you know, hobbies and other things that the individual enjoyed previously. There's substance abuse, alcohol or drugs. As well, there could be thoughts of death and suicide. I think now is a really good time to remind people that just because you have one or two symptoms that you just mentioned, it does not mean that you are depressed. It is important to remember that there are times in our lives when we experience the inability to concentrate, or perhaps we have trouble sleeping or feel angry. It's when all these things happen most of the time, rather than some of the time, that we need to consult our doctors. And in just a moment, we'll discuss causes, risk factors, and prevention of depression. Okay, we have covered a lot of the basics about depression already. And now we're going to talk about the causes of depression and what we can do to prevent it. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, just remember this is a podcast. You can always come back and listen again, or you can simply pause and start again when you're ready. Now, before we move on to risk factors of depression, I wanted to touch on depression symptoms specifically for older adults. That's a great idea, Sherry. As some of our listeners are older adults or may be caring for older adults. Let's be clear. Depression is not a normal part of growing older and it should never be taken lightly. Depression can go unnoticed and untreated in older adults because they may feel reluctant to seek help. Specifically, some symptoms of depression may be different or less obvious in older adults, such as memory difficulties or personality changes, physical aches or pain, fatigue, loss of appetite, sleep problems or loss of interest, often wanting to stay home rather than going out to socialize with friends. As well, there could be suicidal thoughts or feelings especially in older men. Well, my parents are now older adults and the same for a lot of my friends. We are slowly beginning to take on those care roles that we haven't had to in the past. And I think it's important for us to remember that as our parents get older or more seasoned and um, our other more seasoned loved ones in our lives, that it is important to take some extra attention when it comes to their mental health. Okay, let's talk about the causes of depression now. Believe it or not, it's not exactly known what causes depression, but there are a variety of factors that could be involved, including biological differences, People with depression appear to have physical changes in the brain. Brain chemistry is another factor. We all have neurotransmitters in our brains. Recent research shows how our neurotransmitters function could play a role in how our mood is stabilized. Changes in the body's balance of hormones may be involved in causing or triggering depression as well. 
There's also a genetic component. Depression is more common in people whose blood relatives also have this condition. Researchers are trying to find a gene that may be involved in causing depression. So the causes of depression are basically things we really cannot control. They are either inherited or happen in our brains and our bodies without us being able to change them. But what about risk factors? Depression can happen in children and adults. And I've heard that more women are diagnosed than men. Indeed. More women are often diagnosed with depression, but this could simply be because more women seek medical attention than men, generally speaking. Actually, there are factors that seem to increase the risk of developing or triggering depression. Some of them include certain personality traits, such as low self-esteem and being too dependent, self-critical or pessimistic. Traumatic or stressful events, such as physical or sexual abuse. The death or loss of a loved one. Difficult relationship or financial problems. Also, having blood relatives with a history of depression, bipolar disorder, alcoholism or suicide. Also, the history of other mental health disorders, such as anxiety disorder, eating disorders, or post-traumatic stress disorder, abuse of alcohol or recreational drugs, and lastly, serious or chronic illnesses such as cancer, stroke, chronic pain, or heart disease. That is a very long list of risk factors, but as always, I think it's far more important to be informed than to not know at all. Now, as promised, prevention. According to the Mayo Clinic, there is no sure way to prevent depression, but there are strategies that can help. Yes, it's important to take steps to control stress, increase resilience, and boost self-esteem. It's also very important to reach out to family and friends, especially in times of crisis, to help you weather rough times. Things like exercise, yoga, meditation, and prayer are all great ways to help control your stress. Agreed, Sherry. People should also seek treatment at the earliest sign of a problem to help prevent depression from worsening. As well, maintaining a healthy lifestyle and considering getting a long-term maintenance plan to help prevent relapse. Christiana and I are not doctors. We bring this information about depression to you, our listeners, because we want you to be aware. This is just one part of keeping our minds and bodies young. That's right, Sherry. If you feel depressed, make an appointment to see your doctor or mental health professional as soon as possible. If you are reluctant to seek treatment, please reach out to a friend, a loved one, or a faith leader, or someone you trust. And if you think you may hurt yourself, or if someone you love may hurt themselves, please call 911 immediately. Thank you for listening. While the topic may be difficult, we truly thought it was important to bring to your attention.
Remember, there are so many things within your control that you can do to help you keep your mind healthy. Keep a good set of close-knit friends around and call upon them when you need support. And friends, check on your friends. They may need you and are reluctant to ask. And laugh. Laughing is so great for your body and soul. So good that we're going to be dedicating an entire podcast to laughter. Yes, we are. Look out for it soon. As always, it has been a great learning experience, Christiana. I hope our listeners feel the same. I'm Christiana Eggy. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Where we'll chat about laughter. Until then, keep smiling because... You're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu and it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.